The other day, I went to the nail salon with Genesis. He's in the chair, and he's like, I want rainbow. So he tells the lady that he wants rainbow colors on his, on his nails. And she brings all of these colors, and she paints each nail a different color. And after he painted his nails, he looked at me and said, Mommy, I don't want this on my nails. And I was like, why? You were so sure you're good. And he was like, people are not going to like it. Can you believe this? Four years old. He's four. And he already understands the concept that someone's going to judge him because he chose rainbow color on his nails. And I told him, why? Nobody's going to judge it. They're going to love it. It's so cool. Like, look how creative you are. Look how amazing you had this idea. Stick with it. You chose it. You liked it. You do it. Who cares what anybody else says? And so I said, plus, you know, a lot of guys paint their nails. This is not like some strange thing that you only do. He was like, really? I was like, yeah, so many, so many. And that made him feel better. But it just got me to thinking how completely judged we are all the time. The way I see it is that there is masculine and there's feminine energies inside of us all, you know, and that's period. That's just how it is. And it gets concerning to me that we can't just explore these different sides of ourselves, you know, these different energies that are within us. And even for me myself, you know, I oftentimes express the masculine energy that's inside of me. And it's very natural to me. That's how I feel. And all the time, if that happens, there's the judgments and there's the stereotypes and there's all the, the energy that comes toward that. And for my boys, you know, similar. If they want to express the feminine energy that's inside of them, there's all these judgments and all these rules and stereotypes and, and vibes. And it's, it's really frustrating to me. I'm actually really, really frustrated about it. And I, I ask myself, why is that? Like, why can't we just express the different energies that are inside us. You know, this is a very normal, ancient, powerful, spiritual understanding that we all have masculine and feminine energies and we should be able to explore and express them however we want to. What do you think? That was my rant. It's a major rant. I did that. Well, hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Culture and Convictions. We're kicking the show off with a bang. Yeah. Right. And a rant. And a, and a rant. <laughs> and a rant. So she left off saying, you know, what do you think? Sweetheart, what do you think about that? Uh, I, you know what? I'm going to let you be the first to respond <laughs> to this. Yeah, this? I'm going to give you first crack at this because uh, I just think it's only appropriate. Uh, she's a mother. And you're a mother because of my feminine energy, because of your feminine is? energy in, in, Score. Uh, <laughs> in because of your feminine energy in uh, <laughs> response to her feminine energy. But no, just because she's a mom, you're a mom and uh, you're both the mother of sons. I want to hear what you have to say about Miss Alicia Keys. Well, one, I have no desire to take my kid to a, a nail shop at, at four years old, okay? Um, I, I don't even know, I mean, unless he's just there hanging out with me and I put him in a corner and say, here's your iPad. Um, <laughs> mommy will be with That's you That's how minute. it usually goes. That's how right? it normally goes, but certainly not putting him in a chair and, and allowing him to say, hey, he wants rainbow colors on his nails. Um, I, I just, I don't understand this this need for people to, 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 
to try to remove from children what they automatically know, mm. what they what they know biologically, wow. what they know spiritually, mm-hmm. which is that I'm a male or I'm a female. And these are the things that I these are the things that I do, things that I enjoy. Um, and so to go on Instagram and to, to, to share her rant. I mean, what does it really mean and what does it really matter to me? As I told you, a little suspicious because supposedly, you know, the 13th through the 17th of November, that mm-hmm. that's Transgender Awareness Week. So the story just kind of comes out at a really opportune time for her. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the Grammys are forthcoming and she yeah. was n- announced as a host. So to me, it's just, you know, it's an opportunity for publicity and for people to have something to talk about in reference to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, whether she's going after, you know, publicity stunts or not, quite possibly they do that a lot in Hollywood, all of the actresses and artists and what have you. But, you know, my thing is, and you know how I feel about this, right? I mean, you know, you you live with me, so you get it. You you don't need me to say anything, but you, but for those who are listening, um, I have a problem when we are introducing to our children at such early ages this whole concept of sexuality and gender identity uh, at four years old. I'm going to be honest. I can't even remember four years old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like at four, what do you, what do you know about anything other than just your natural instinctive feelings, whether it be about the painting of nails or what type of toys you play with, you know, or any of that mm. uh, we've, we've raised two children. One is in that very age, a little girl. We're raising two children. Raising, yeah. We're exactly right. We're still paying for these kids. I don't understand. You're exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're raising them, and we have one that is in that same age group, about to be four in a few months, and then we have one who's come through that that stage. And both of them instinctively, they were just children, Mm -hmm. you know? There, there was no talk of what you were. I think it was pretty apparent. They come out talking and, and, and addressing who they are without really a whole lot of, of input from us as parents. Mm-hmm. They see us. They see us married. They see me a man. You're a woman. They look at themselves in the mirror, and they quickly identify with what they see in us. Right. And they gravitate to the, to, towards those ends. And, and I think children by and large at that age, though, are somewhat adventurous. They're somewhat experimental. Mm -hmm. None of that means anything. And for these parents to start trying to interject the, into that ambiguity that comes with four being four years old, uh, that comes standard, right? Right. Uh, to try to interject some type of meaning into it. Oh, well, you know, let's, let's, let's get behind this right away. And, and, and it, and it goes to, and it goes along with all of the other cases and different things that have been in the media about parents doing this with their children. Mm -hmm. I'm just against that at such an early age, man, leave children alone, raise them, love them, leave them alone. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to, to, to bend the, the, the flow of the river. And just as you just said, you know, the kids are going to respond in, they are going to be reciprocal in what they find brings them attention, mm-hmm. brings them affirmation, sure. brings them an opportunity to be the light of their of their parents' day and, and lives. Mm-hmm. So if I affirm to my kids that, don't you just love, Caleb, don't you just love going to the nail salon with mommy? <laughs> don't you just love? so true. You know what I mean? Because they're pleasers. They're pleasers. By nature, they're pleasers. So my kid's like, well, yeah, I guess I do enjoy this because what I do want to make sure is that I don't, 
I don't create a rift between you and I mm-hmm. because I need you. You know what I mean? Kids understand that, that, you know, mm-hmm. you provide stability for me. So I yeah. have, I, I have to, okay, what, what makes mom happy? What makes dad happy? Yeah. And so I, I just think that just like you said, I mean, it, it, there's no need to To me, that. it's just a little heavy, you know, and, and perhaps, you know, someone has a child that comes along who may be male and they may tend to gravitate toward playing with what is viewed as traditional girl toys or mm-hmm. female toys or what have you and what, what not. Well, if the child is doing that, still at the same time, I'm going to love the child for where they are. And I'm not going to start introducing these topics and these ideas sure. uh, in the because sometimes and I'm not saying this for her. I'm not saying this for anybody. I'm just saying it. Right. I understand. Sometimes for some parents, they're doing that for their own good. It is not the child. Mm-hmm. They're doing it because they are feeling some kind of way about what they're observing mm-hmm. in their children's behavior. And they're trying to kind of cut things off at the pass, kind of get this thing all postured for society and so forth and so on. When at the end of the day, they're four. Keep watching them. Guess what's going to happen? Oh, they're yeah. going to change. They're going to change. <laughs> you Lord. know what I mean? It's like, come on, y'all. They're come on. Change. Let's let's. Uh, it, to me, that's a little heavy handed with our children, man. And that, and that's the way I feel about it, right. along with a whole lot of other stuff. And then so. you, you're inviting, like you said, you're inviting that ambiguity into a child's life when really at that age, a child, all they're looking for is security. They they want things to be stable and they, they, they want, want to, to they want to feel like they, solid. they know what's, you know where they're at with you and yeah. what's going on around them. So, so yeah, definitely. And then, and then of course the young man, you know, he very plainly told her, well, I don't think people will like it. And honestly, mm-hmm. guys, we need to get away from this idea that, that anyone's opposition or, or disagreement on an issue means that they're in the wrong. <laughs> like, Oh, because they're, you're judging someone. Isn't no, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> we understand what we're saying. That yeah. is absolutely inappropriate. Period, <laughs> period, period, period. So, no, I don't uh, No, Don't try to make us. We're not the bad guy. Society no. at large is not the bad guy because we say, well, a four year old boy should be just as pleased with being himself mm-hmm. and not being involved in. Uh, do I want to be kind of girly? Do I want those feminine energies to flow today? Or do I want to just be? They don't even, for what, what do they know of a feminine or masculine they don't, energy? They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't even, I, I'm, I'm 43 and I don't understand feminine and masculine energy. <laughs> uh, what is that? I don't even, I'm, I'm serious. I don't with know, but you. It's, it's ancient. It's spiritual. What else did she say? It's, I, I, it's no, I, I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, men and women have asymmetries. That exists differences that exist between us and those differences are complementary. And the more we keep trying to erase this line mm-hmm. between male and female, the more we're going to be erasing the complementary nature of those differences. Absolutely. And so you're going to have to, you're going to, you know, you're going to see the struggle with all of these relationships that we have in nowadays. Because people don't know where they are, who they are, what they're doing, who, what, what they're supposed to do from one time to the next, what role they're supposed to feel. What, am I supposed to pick up the check? Or is it, is it, is it, is it offensive for me to pick the up the door, check? Do I get I do? the door? Do I let the door slam? Do I, I mean, people are walking around sitting up having the second guess of a very basic, uh, silly thing. Basic man. chivalrous things I mean, that we used to. It's like ABCs. Changes that used to happen. Things were so much oh, clearer. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. People have to. They're careful. Um, but yeah, just an interesting story and I, and you know, God bless her. I, I understand that in Hollywood, they have a lot of, they have a lot of things going on around them and I get that. Oh, yeah. And it probably does make you very roomy and, and rather than, than, you know, 
rather than to to go back at people and say, well, I disagree, it's easier just to say, well, maybe I'm the wrong, mm-hmm. and maybe I should just be more accepting and more open and more oh, yeah. understanding. Sure. Um, and next thing you know, you know, you're inviting things into your home that really probably aren't even, honestly, the way you were raised or the way no. that you know what I mean, the, the way that you were taught, but simply kind of like a slide to the to the left. But yeah. bless her. Um, that, like I said, an interesting story. We're gonna move on to Colin Kaepernick because this thing Colin. has been blowing up ESPN. Oh, Colin. Um, and sports talk radio has been a buzz about, you know, Mr. Mr. Kaepernick's yes. workout. So your thoughts, babe. On Colin's workout? On Colin's everything. Or Colin's um, somewhat, you know, you know, kind of shading the workout and doing his own thing. Uh, you know, like I said before to you, I'm not too sure. I'm not sold. I put it like this. I'm not sold on the young man's desire to actually play again. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're being offered the opportunity to uh, give an interview, because that's what you're doing. You're interviewing for a job, just like anybody else in society in any other type of field, right? If you get the job to interview for 25 different teams, mm-hmm. and this is a job that you say you've been missing for three years, you've been blackballed, you've been, you've been uh, you know, ostracized you've been treated as pariah you've been kicked out you've been looked over you've been discriminated against and so forth and you're going to be given this opportunity and then 30 minutes before that opportunity you're going to flip the script and change everything up and go do something completely i mean like 30 minutes away from the original uh, site that was agreed upon now you're doing this like, like he says, he's doing this in the interest of transparency. Like he wants to make sure everything was transparent and so forth and so on. But you knew, you you, you had to know this was all something planned, right? <laughs> you knew. So to wait till 30 minutes before to change, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't buy it. I'm not with it. Uh, I think that once again, if he is a young man who wants to play the game, you go out there and you showcase and prove your value to those 25 different teams Mm -hmm. and you let the chips fall where they may. Because at some point, you too have to show some level of want to. That Mm -hmm. if this is what you want to do, you know, and you you can't just show up and kind of then try to strong arm and pull everything back to your own, you know, your own wheelhouse and your comfort zone about it i heard one one sports talk uh um, broadcaster just talking about well you know the question is why did the nfl um extend this opportunity to colin kaepernick now why did they feel like that's necessary i just thought that was an odd question because i think you know it's kind of like why does any business decide to hire anyone mm-hmm. or, or decide well, I mean, to hasn't he wanted to play i mean cor- hadn't that been correct. the thing over the last several years everybody talking about it very right. true but they, they they said it as though the nfl what i heard a lot was well the nfl bears some responsibility here as well and my my issue is just as an employer if i give you an opportunity to do something that you say for the last almost three years that you've really wanted the opportunity to do mm-hmm. and then you come behind and at the last minute you throw all kinds of caveats into the mix as to what you want this whole situation and setup to look like, then I no longer become the employer. Mm-hmm. It's now like you're the person who's who's deciding the fate of the NFL. And that's not that's not how it works. Whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. this is the league that you want to be a part of. There are other leagues you can go and pursue. Mm-hmm. You've chosen not 
to go that route. So if you come to us and you agree with us that you want to have an opportunity to interview for a position and we make that available to you and we say, hey, we'll tape it, we'll video it, we'll send it out to every team. You'll get a copy of it. It's all good. I mean, in the name of transparency, you're throwing the football. You're not signing treaties. I don't understand what we're talking about. I mean, you know, you're not sitting back you're coming right. up with policy decisions. You're simply out there based on the merit yeah. saying, give me an opportunity to compete. And they offered him that. But this idea that, well, I just wanted to move the venue. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it almost was just, it was just, I don't know. Yeah. I wanted to pick his own receivers and uh, come out of his own pocket and choose his own receivers. Sure. and whatever. As though I guess there was going to be some degree of sabotage if if it went with the NFL. But like I said, if something's on camera, this is the thing about camera. Mm -hmm. Camera don't lie. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing drop backs, rollouts, throwing the ball to this one, throwing the ball to that with hitting this type of route, hitting that type of route. I just want to know what type of splicing and Hollywood production the NFL is going to do to mess that up, make you look bad. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I don't I don't understand how I, I just don't I don't get that. But at the end of the day, that was what he said. But in my humble opinion, I, I'm just not sold on his willingness to want to play. I think it's uh, he kind of he used that that whole thing to kind of tilt things back to where his real his wheelhouse is, and that is he's kind of had the NFL by uh, and not by the throat. That's a little strong to say, but he's mm-hmm. kind of had the NFL in this position of 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 having to kind of own up to some discrimination. Yeah, he had the leverage. Yeah, he's had the, he had the, ve- that's the yeah, proper word. He had the he's victim. had the leverage uh, in the situation from a social perspective, right. from a social standpoint. You've got Nike, you've got him on the face of Nike, you've got him making commercials. He's he's now, oh, he's sure. doing pretty good for himself outside of the gridiron, sure. right? And so he pulls things back into that wheelhouse mm-hmm. by not basing it just purely off of, okay, I'm going to come showcase my talent and do what I've got to do. Now, at some point, you know, there are no more excuses, you and, know, and that's step exactly to the right. plate and do the thing or, or not. So I go to an, uh, I'm working for an employer. I leave that employer based on some type of bias that I levy against the employer. Yeah. I then for the last, for the next three years, I petition that employer through my people and representation that I want an opportunity to play. I'm good enough to play. Right. And so they give me an opportunity, whether they are the people who who decided the terms and the time and they gave me an opportunity. And um, I decide to show up um, in a Kunta Kente shirt for this interview. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, And and so what does that communicate to the people who've brought me here for another opportunity to interview for this job? Because ultimately, even to cast an aspersion that the NFL is racist or the NFL is biased. Yeah. That's fine. But there's been a lot of black men who've gone through the NFL ranks and had really great lives that oh, they yeah. would have not been afforded. And still being and still benefiting. Absolutely. From that, yeah. And would have not been afforded that opportunity had they stayed in their hoods, had they gone back to their house, mm-hmm. to their homes in Florida, wherever wherever they're from. Yeah. So they're I think it's I think it's unfair for people to allow race to completely make void any amount of common sense mm. as it pertains to. Yeah. Let's just boil this down to what it was. It was a job interview. Yeah. And we wouldn't we wouldn't go and give anybody. If a young person came to you, dear, and said, hey, I'm going to go to McDonald's and I'm going to interview. Yeah. I mean, you would give that young person 
a few tips yeah. to make sure that your interview goes You're as smooth as possible. You're going to ensure the job. There you go. Yeah. You don't go there to lose it no. or to not get the job. You go there so that they would at least make you an offer. Mm-hmm. Now you're in a position of, of, of now you have the leverage. Yeah. Because if you offer me a job and I'm like, I don't really want that job. Yeah. Well, now you can turn it down. Yeah. But to, but to come on the auspices of, hey, I want, I, I want an opportunity. We give you the opportunity. And then you come up with a bunch of bit boogeymen that make it impossible. <laughs> yeah. Things that, you know, the invisible hand that nobody sees of, you know, things that may happen mm-hmm. is just, but once I, again, know. that's, that's pulling it over into your wheelhouse. That's, that's the exactly leverage right. you have. It's that's that, exactly that right. social racial leverage you have. And, and, and that's why I say, I'm just not sold. I'm not sold on it. I'm not sold on his want and desire to say, I want to be employed in the NFL again. I want to play again because I love the game. And here's the thing. If I'm an owner and if I'm, if I'm anybody who, who smells the slightest hint <laughs> that he's really not sold on being a player and a team. I'm not taking him. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't care. You can wear every shirt you want. You can do whatever you want. I'm going to release you to go and be the full-blown activist you want to be. Absolutely. You go and do your thing because Absolutely. this is a place of employment, irregardless of how unique it is, how different it is than any other occupation in America. It is still a place of employment. Mm-hmm. And when you step on this field and put that helmet on and that, symbol on and that emblem and that brand on your back you have to represent us absolutely i'm sorry absolutely and and people keep wanting well you know but he's an individual and they can use their platform yes use your platform but anyway i don't want to get all into it because you know how i felt about the whole (laughs) kneeling thing from the very onset it was an ill-placed uh protest Mm -hmm. and and to me utterly ineffective Mm -hmm. (laughs) utterly ineffective I, I'm with you on what your your police brutality. We need to stamp it out. Yes, that's that's a that's a beautiful thing, but that wasn't the way. It just mm-hmm. wasn't the way. Right. Sorry. Well, I want to I want to play Colin's uh, statements after after his workout because he did indeed go forward with his workout at at the other location, and then we'll come back. How's everybody doing? We're good. Hey, we're good. Doing? How you First, doing? Hey, let me start by saying. I appreciate y'all coming out. That means a lot to me. Our biggest thing with everything today was making sure we had transparency in what went on. We weren't getting that elsewhere, so we came out here. It's important that y'all are here. Y'all been attacked for the last three years. Y'all continue to be attacked. We appreciate what y'all do. We appreciate you being here today. We appreciate the work you do for the people and telling the truth. That's what we want in everything. I've been ready for three years. I've been denied for three years. We all know why I came out here, showed it today in front of everybody. We have nothing to hide. So we're waiting for the 32 owners, the 32 teams, Roger Goodell, all of them to stop running. Stop running from the truth, stop running from the people. We're out here, we're ready to play. We're ready to go anywhere. My agent, Jeff Nally, is ready to talk to any team. I'll interview with any team at any time. I've been ready, I'm staying ready, and I'll continue to be ready. And to all the people that came out here today to support, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. To the people that aren't here, I'm thinking of you. I appreciate you supporting from where you are. We'll continue to give you updates as we hear. We'll be waiting to hear from Roger Goodell, the NFL, the 32 teams. We'll let you know if we hear from them. Ball's in their court. We're ready to go. There we go. There we go.
Who is we? <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. mean, who who are the we that are, are they getting three for one when well, they when they put him said, on the we roster? Ready. He said uh, we've been getting like, attacked. Y'all been on? getting attacked, and he 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 named a whole lot of people. But like I said from the beginning, man, that is too much of a circus for somebody who's saying, "Look, I want to play football. I'm ready to play football, and I'm ready to do what I got to do." Now, of course, because of the way he exited, you know, it it affects the way you enter. And uh, there's just a whole lot going on there that, you know, we could talk about that all night and all day because that gets into a lot of the racial issue and the way I feel about a lot of things that are going on in this country. But uh, once again, to the victim, go to spoil. That's exactly right. <laughs> and that's the thing we have to be careful with, I think, is, is just the, the fact that we're allowing race, to, mm-hmm. like I said, completely override just basic common sense and common decency that we would expect from anyone else. But because of the platform, the media attention, the sponsorships, companies like Nike, other people that I'm sure have latched on to his Mm -hmm. platform based on what he's done so far, you know, it, it can push you in a direction that really is unfruitful for you because you think that you're carrying some type of torch and you're going to look behind you years from now and say, where's all these folks at? Cause all that we is going to be gone. As long, <laughs> I mean, once the, once the, the whole thing blows over, the we is not going to be, there, there'll be very few. I'm sure that are still latched on to the young man. Yeah, so I, I hope he gets yeah. that together. And I, I just hate the environment that we're in the political correctness, the social justice mantras and all this oh. stuff, because it just prevents honest dialogue and honest critique. It just does. does. Nobody can be honest anymore and nobody has to come. Nobody has to come full faced and honest about anything. You know, we get to hide behind shields of race and class and gender and all these different things. And we can kind of insulate ourselves from all critique. And uh, I don't think a society is bettered by that kind of environment. Oh, absolutely not. So I'm going to we're going to move on into another topic that obviously is is big in the news. We we've, we've kind of hinted at impeachment, hadn't spent a whole lot of time oh, on yeah. the subject. <laughs> the circus that is I'm impeachment. You, and it's funny cuz every time I see a headline they're like 70% of of the American people support uh the president being impeached. And then I'm like, who are these people? Where do they where are they finding these folks? Cuz honestly, how many people have come up to you and said, "Hey, have you heard about that impeachment?" Boy, I hope they get him. I, I don't know if anybody's I said had anything those conversations. to me that that. Now I know of a few people that have brought it up and talked to me, uh, talked about it to me in in conversation, but never at length. It's kind of like it's it's a circus. It's something that everybody is watching because you know it's political theater. It's not a blue dress, okay? Let's just be honest. It ain't <laughs> no, a it ain't a, a blue, blue dress. dress. <laughs> it's not a it's blue not. dress. It doesn't mean it doesn't meet that blue dress. that standard. Okay? No, no, no. That's the blue. The blue dress kind of uh, trumps a whole lot of <laughs> a whole lot of things. Jeez, no please. pun intended. But I'm serious. Uh, yeah, no, it's not that. And it's it's political theater. It's what it's what the body politic has seemed to excel at more than anything else. Over the last several years, actually, mm-hmm. just a whole lot of theater. But, um, you know, it is what it is, man. And I'm telling you, once again, the environment is such that it does not invite the honest best. Brokers. Honest brokers. No, it doesn't, man. It doesn't. Nobody with good sense wants to enter this type of political environment. Yeah. Because it's just it's full of just nonsensical attacks. It's full of a lot of. A lot of people uh, creating stuff to distract from real issues and mm. real things and real ethics yes, violations and real stuff going on, you know, and it, it's just it's just crazy. 
And so when I, when I came to you and I talked about this, I said, you know, it seems to me that this is a, this is one of those, I want you to look over here. Yeah. It's like smoke and mirrors, oh, but yeah. over here Slide is what you're, you're, you're missing what's really going on over here to the, to your left. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Literally. Like there's a whole lot going it, on. Over there's there. a lot going on on your left and you just don't see it obviously. Yeah. Um, but I, I've, I've had some real concerns based on just a lot of the news that's come out and there's, there's a couple of instances. I don't know if you, if people have heard so much, but Rashida Tlaib, who's part of the squad, yeah. um, Ilhan Omar and AOC yeah. and can't think of the, the, the black squad, but, um, though, those four individuals, she's part of that group that came in with, you know, the women's empowerment sure. that we saw run into Congress and boy, they're going to change. Women of color. They're going to change the world, right? Yeah, the whole thing. Um, yeah. but she's under investigation, um, by the Congressional Ethics Office, and, and they're looking into um, some payments that were made to her um, throughout her campaign. Mm-hmm. And the issue has been, you know, ha- were those payments exorbitant and did it exceed the time? You know, there's a there's a time period up until that candidate is actually elected mm-hmm. that they can receive some type of stipend or some type of assistance, obviously, because they're taking away from their normal yeah. day-to-day jobs yeah. and lives to run for, for and this office. is the um this is the the one with the emphatic statement about impeaching the president Absolutely. Too, right? impeach is, the because sometimes I, I would line. get her i think i would get her mixed up with ilhan omar i would i would get them too mixed up for whatever reason about yeah. the whole Im, Im, impeachment you know impeaching president trump and whatnot but uh so this is the person who is very adamant uh about impeaching the president and yet she's got uh for lack of a, for lack of way of saying it, impeachable offenses, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> that are going on in her own campaign, and I, they're and they're they're documented and they're real, and this is this is something that's so. uh, yeah. I mean, they have the text messages where she's asking her campaign manager, "When can I get that money, brother? Wow. I'm gonna need that check." <laughs> Goodness gracious! But and, and I don't mean to to make light of it, but it's always. You know, one thing that I think I've learned in my short life is that anytime people get very, very loud and obnoxiously, you know, just demanding about, about the how they want you, perceived, how yeah. they want you to feel about that person and what yeah. that person, you know, the, the response, the that visceral so response you should have Gosh, to another so individual. True. Chances are that's because they busy doing their own stuff <laughs> and they are projecting upon projection. you. That's exactly right. And it makes you want to say, what you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? what, are you, what are you up to? That is so very true though. Um, so uh, I've been, it's funny, though, also, that those same people, when things like this happen, get real quiet. Mm-hmm. You're like, now yeah. you was everywhere. Just, yeah. just you know, yeah, you, you were everywhere. Impeach him, impeach him. Oops. And now you're like, I'm paging Rashida Tlaib. Yeah. Rashida, are you out there? But they have to. I mean, there's, I mean, you, you there, at some point, any reasonable person, no matter how vehement or passionate they feel about something, once once the lens is then turned on you, you know, in good faith, you might want to be quiet because you really look bad if you keep going. You really, <laughs> I mean, you, you go really, really look bad. Yeah, that makes it really, really look real, real bad about you. You know, so a, you know, it, it's sad, but this is the political environment we've created. And, no and to some degree, as citizens, this is what we have brought to bear for ourselves because we haven't required more. Yes. We're voting based on symbolism. Yes. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're making symbolic votes about people. We're not even mm. vetting ideas, not requiring vetting anything. people, vetting right. character, de- desiring 
some some level of gravity to the person's uh, uh, record and, right. and service. We're we're voting based on you know this person represents a movement. What? <laughs> This person represents a change and a shift and, and that magical term nowadays of diversity. Oh, like, diversity. Like, what is that? Because I don't see anything diverse about what people are putting up there. I the see, crippling power of diversity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I see the mixing and matching in a superficial manner of color and gender. Sure. But I don't see diversity. Sure. Diversity would therefore include diversity of philosophy and thought, Right. Right. If we're gonna have true diversity, we're gonna we, if we're gonna have diversity, we're gonna yeah. have arguments. But somebody we're gonna have debates. There has to be a standard as to who who's right. Though. Yeah. Oh, Eventually, yeah. there's got to be a referee. That's gonna always be there. Right. That's gotta be there. But I'm saying we're gonna have some we're gonna have some back and forth, some give and take. Right. What I see is the mixing and matching of skin colors and genders who all sound exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So that's not diversity. Mm-hmm. You you know you know how I say about you know the joke I use about that it's kind of like a bag of M and M's right right if I blindfold you you can't tell me what color you're eating I sure can you don't because it's not diverse they just painted different colors right. and so that's kind of the the way in which we go about diversity in our society because we don't really want diversity faux finish yeah it's faux yeah it's <laughs> fake we don't because we don't really want diversity no. we don't really want the challenge of it because when somebody questions our ideas and rebuts our philosophies and our and our thoughts then we have to go to the umpire, right? Mm-hmm. We got to go to some level of objective truth to figure out who's right. And nobody wants to be found nobody wrong. And that. so that's why we go about this little superficial uh, thing called diversity. That's not diverse at all. We need to just quit lying to ourselves <laughs> about that. I'm serious. I get so, whenever I hear diversity, I quit listening. You're just like, Ew. and I may be wrong for that, but I do. I quit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, forget it. Cause you, you ain't talking about nothing. I know where you finna go with this, but, uh, Hey, yeah. Cause diversity is wonderful. Like you said, in, in debating, in debating an issue, in fleshing out what what is true yes. and what is what should be done, then yeah, yes. we can have a diversity of opinion. But eventually, we all need to come a, come into agreement around what is true mm-hmm. and what actually works. What actually works, so that we can move the country forward, so that we can move the organization forward, so that we can move the family forward. Yeah. And if we don't do that, if we're not, if we're unwilling to do that, then basically all we have is just a bunch of mutinies. Little little mutinies all around, That's you know it. what I mean, and and you're never you're never at home with all that stuff going on. No, but I, you know, as we get closer to the election, I think it's important to remind people a, the gravity, um, and the importance of what we have in this idea called America. Because again, I think so often, you know, we wake up, we go about our daily lives, and it's so easy for us to become coy and act like. Mm-hmm. Everything is a bother and the world is on fire. And it's like, but you have AC, you got running water. There's a lot of conveniences. I'm telling you, there's, there's so many conveniences that we enjoy that we don't even take stock of anymore. They're just like, that's just, hasn't that always been the case? Mm -hmm. And so we, we fail to understand how many countries and peoples have tried to do something like America and yeah. have failed. Exactly. And the examples are all over the globe. R- the Russian Federation, um, I think they yeah. tried to do something like that in, in Africa. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of examples oh, yeah. where people have tried this experiment, but they, yeah. they've done it without God being the underpinning factor yeah. for how they were going to build a democracy or a republic. No doubt about it. And, and, and isn't that the thing that most people don't recognize? I would venture to say a lot of people in America, I won't say the majority because I'm, 
I have faith. <laughs> have faith in you. Like <laughs> gotta, a mustard seed. I, I got to have some you. faith, right? But I would venture to say that most Americans, or a lot of Americans, I won't say most, a lot of Americans don't realize that we are a part of an experiment. That this country was an experiment. It was not a, it was not something that was ever seen before in human history. That there was no self-governing society. There right. was no, uh, there was no nation of laws and not of men. There was no, there was no attempt to live this way. Mm-hmm. And yet this way was with, without hesitation, I'll say it was affirmed by God. Was it perfect? No. Nothing human will be perfect. Nothing involving humans is going to be perfect, but it made room for God. It made room for his divine providence in our affairs. And it didn't attempt to put within man's hands, the destiny of the entire nation, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. From a, from a a centralized government perspective, it said, no, we're going to, we're going to make freedom first and foremost. And we're going to give men the freedom to go about it and determine their own destinies. And that left room for God. And when you look at one of the consistent features of those societies that have failed, it has been in those societies where there were power grabs and there were centralized planning and government and where they could not give people freedom. There was always a limitation of freedom. And it's almost seemed as though God and government could never coexist Right. You know, and that's the way it kind of looks. It's like the bigger government is in the society, the smaller God would be. Mm -hmm. The bigger God is, is in the society, the smaller government would be. And it's, and it's really walking that tightrope throughout history that has provided America with this opportunity to be the greatest nation on the face of the earth. I mean, we are the poor in the United States of America Mm -hmm. live better. I mean, I, I was I was reading a a, a fact, a uh, truth about uh, I think the average living space, uh, the living space of the average European, right, was like two times smaller than the the average living space of the poor here in America. Wow! And that's not just the poor in Europe; that's all Europeans. Right. So there are things over here that we take for granted, and and really, if anything, it's the the amount of prosperity, the amount of blessing that we've enjoyed that makes us so, you know, we're like that little kid in the room with wall to wall toys. And we just, you know, we're bored. I'm bored. And so we make up stuff. We make up fights. We make up wars. Let's try we, communism. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We, we make up stuff to try. And then we make up little wars and things to fight over and fight about. Absolutely. And fight about little penny ante things. And we use race as something to keep to keep the little race hustlers and race industry relevant. We got to mm-hmm. keep ginning it up and keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Why? Because aside from that. Everybody's getting up in the morning on their smartphone, on their iPads, on their laptops, in their cars, the poor driving one and two cars, flat screen televisions. You got, I mean, we're just inundated with With stuff, stuff. right? And, and, and amenities and comforts and creature comforts that really preclude us from being such sour people, (laughs) but we get up and we, and we're, and we have to be that way. Because we've lost the concept of who God is in our society mm-hmm. and the irreplaceable role he plays in all of his creation. And and we want to go about and do these things on our own. Right. And we're starting to see our country go through all of this stuff. And a real division is taking place here. There's no doubt about no, no, it. No, it's real. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And it's a very, it's a very spiritual 
issue and a very spiritual battle. And we've talked about this before, oh, yeah. right? That, that even in president Trump's with his presidency, and I, I'm not going to get into the debate of whether or not he's God's man or whatever. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that you, you have a president who's, who's coming to office, who supports the church, yeah. who, who, who supports the, the right of the church to, to fully express itself yeah. and everything that it believes to be called to do in the country. And there's a real fight now to stamp out that voice, right? Because yeah. you, you get it from LGBTQ. No um, doubt. You get it from, from all of the folks like Antifa and, yeah. and the disruptors that come along and yes. just want to, they just want to cause, like you said, they just want to cause issues because they got nothing else. Obviously, they don't work because it's in the <laughs> middle of the day that these people are blocking traffic. They got all and this time on I'm their telling hands, you, huh? it's like you don't work, son. How do you eat? Um, so it's, it's a, it's a very precarious time that we're in, but it's also not a foreign time to the United States. And I think that's, that's something that, that our textbooks and our, and our, our schools fail to really convey Mm -hmm. to people that, that there is a want and a need for education and history. Because if we if we understood what, what has happened before us, we wouldn't act like this is such, oh, oh my God, the sky is falling. This is yeah. dire straits. No, we've been here before. Yeah. These things have happened before in, our, in, in American history. And, and one of those times was really um, when the Constitution was being formulated. Yeah. And so there was this big tug Oh, between, I would imagine there was a serious battle going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, were, there were Federalists and Anti-Federalists and people yeah. who were like, hey, we don't trust this whole Constitution deal. You, you want to put one man mm-hmm. in charge? Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to just trust that by virtue and and good lawmaking, he's going to stay uncorrupt or not not corrupt, and he's going to yeah. do the right thing by all of these people, even yeah. though we're in desperate areas doing our own things as states with mm-hmm. our own varied interests. So there were a lot of questions about what are we going to do with this thing called a constitution, and what are we going to do with this thing that you guys are calling a republic? Yeah. Does it really exist? Yeah. And I think one of the things that we've gotten away from is the idea that this constitution and this form of government that we have is only built for a moral and just people. You're absolutely right. And the further away we get from from Christ as the moral center, the more precarious a situation we have in terms of our lawmaking. That's why we have these no fights with the Supreme it. Court and everybody's concerned about gay marriage, concerned about um our gun rights concerned yes. about just a number of things. Everything now Life is like, Oh my when Lord. It begins Absolutely. Every, yeah, rights of a woman's body to her body and everything. Because now every oh. law is coming unbound, right? Because people mm-hmm. now are all about themselves. It's not a government of, of laws. It's a government of people. Yeah. Right. And certain sex and certain groups of people yes. who get to choose the destiny of an entire nation. Mm. So we're having now to, to really, I think all of us think about our vote in a very, man, this matters. Sober, man. I'm telling showing up and doing up. the right thing, it matters. Yeah, um, absolutely, man. Absolutely, because, you know, here, let me, let me just say this. Irregardless of who gets into the White House or who serves in the White House, so forth and so on, somebody's going to get upset about the choice. Mm-hmm. Okay? What is important as it pertains to righteousness, which is our perspective, right? Being Christian people, uh, righteousness as God prescribes. Uh, since somebody's going to get mad, it's important that the right people are being made mad, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's important that you make the right people mad. You know, you know, if you're if you're if you're governing, and the people who love you 
are the people whose choices of lifestyle and governance is antithetical to biblical righteousness. Sure. Then you might want to check where you're standing. Right. 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 And see, and this is the thing that I think sometimes as Christian people, we can be short sighted about because I've heard a lot of people and they can't stand Donald Trump. And I'm talking about Christian people who just, Oh, just the sight of the man, (laughs) orange in chief. And Oh, just, Oh, and look, he he does things. (laughs) He does things that, that draw everybody's ire. And everybody's eyebrow, you know, the eyebrow, right? You remember the rock told me the people's eyebrow, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, he, he says things, he said things, he's done things, but he makes the right people mad. Mm-hmm. And that is an indicator because when this man steps on to the, he stepped up to the plate and his, his willingness to do what it took to protect freedom of religion freedom of speech to give people to give the church to say look nobody's coming after you nobody's gonna be taxing you nobody's gonna be doing any of this stuff like you had Beto when he was in the race talking about taking away tax exemption and taking away guns and taking away all kinds of stuff right, right? and so here's this man the complete opposite of this and he is stirred up and riled up this anger and this vitriol and you have to look around you though economically the right people are doing better the, those that are, quote unquote, disenfranchised, marginalized, minorities, people are doing better in just about every economic uh, indicator. They're doing better. Unemployment is at its all time low in the black community, in the Latino community. You have you have prison reform under a racist. You know what I'm saying? I'm serious. Think about this. Of all the times that we have been talking about doing something about prison reform. Why now do we see significant steps being made under a racist, under a man that has been compared to Hitler, has been Mm. compared to a grand wizard of the KKK, has been compared to everything completely, absolutely antithetical to black advancement. And yet over 7,000, I believe it around 7,000 inmates released the first step act, the, 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 the three strikes, your out rule being, being redone, all of that. I mean, he's, which was a Clinton policy, which was, by yeah, the way, which was the a, first black president. So. Yeah. Which was a policy of the left. Mm-hmm. And here this man comes in and he starts changing all of this stuff around. And, and we've got people that are still like, you know, and, and, and now it's getting to the point where people are having to act like they're upset <laughs> because they're really not. Yeah. Because after a while, uh, evidence starts to starts to temper starts your to your anger, your, your, yeah, 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 and your yeah. little argument kind of goes out the window, and so we we've got to come to a point of recognizing and not being so short sighted. Well, I don't like his temperament, I don't like his demeanor. I would rather, I, I would rather an ill tempered person. I would rather a person who 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 may not do everything right from a social perspective, but his policy making is is more principle based. His mm-hmm. policy making is much more friendly to the church. His policy making is much more friendly to what is righteous in a society right. any day, because I've, I've seen a whole lot of people who can be extremely charismatic socially, but politically they are tyrants mm-hmm. and they pass policies that are egregious, that are heavy laden, that are economically uh, burdensome, burdensome that are burdensome on business that are burdensome on people trying to make it up up the ladder at all. Mm-hmm. And yet 
Well, when they show up on television, though, they can slow jam the news with Jimmy Fallon and they can do all these other things, you know. And so those things just to me are not that's not how you judge a presidency. And I think sometimes we as Christian people can be short sighted in that regard. And I you know, the thing that I that I think made people really rally around Trump. And I don't even think it was the wall. I don't think it was really the immigration issue, which is why that issue really hasn't, mm-hmm. you know, been a, a big one for him as we approach the election. You hadn't heard much about it. Yeah. I think it was really the idea. It's of, a big deal though. It is a big, it's yeah. a huge deal. Yeah, um, but I, but I think it was the idea of draining the swamp. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think people understand what corruption is. And they know beyond a shadow of a yeah. doubt that what they've witnessed in Washington, D.C. Over, over so many decades has been just the rich getting richer. Mm-hmm. Or how about this? Even the poor getting rich. Because there are a lot of folks that came into Congress with nothing that leave yeah. with million-dollar bank accounts. I'm not sure how that happens when you're just <laughs> serving the public. But, I, you know, they, they've created a life and a lifestyle mm. out of their public service. Yeah. So I think that was, to me, the real impetus behind people saying, I'm going to get behind him because it's all gone. At least he's going to tell the truth, right? Yeah. He's going to tell Nancy Pelosi, sit down, be quiet. He's going to tell Hillary <laughs> Clinton, you know, you're dirty you and, know and you're up to no good. Uh, yeah. And that's refreshing for, for so many, but, um, no I, doubt about I it. I want to read this quote because I think this is why, and this was from Alexander Hamilton. This is from the, the very last federalist paper that he wrote. Um, and it said the constant favors, and special treatment, which have been common for the wealthy, the well-born, and the great, must surely disgust all reasonable men, just as the numerous misrepresentations and concealments of the truth from the public eye deserve the disapproval of all honest men. Mm-hmm. And so I think he, to me, this is exactly the day and the age that we're in, right? That yeah. we have a very entitled class of politicians, yes. of activists, oh, of yeah. lobbyists, who have created an entire lifestyle based on working the system. Yes. And they need the system to work because it is their livelihood. Oh, it is. So race baiting is their livelihood. No doubt. Um, Gender inequity and all this climate change. I mean, all these things are (laughs) like rungs of a ladder that they climb to get to and stay atop whatever fiefdom they've created for themselves. No doubt. Um, But then also this idea of how do we uncover what really is true? And, and one, one of these days we're going to get into talking about the Jeffrey Epstein case. Cause I think that case, I'm sorry, yeah. but somebody killed that man. That's, That's just point, hey. point blank period. Hey, you, you have just as much ground to believe that as the other, um, <laughs> because it's really kind of shady. It's, it, it's, it's a whole lot shady. shady. <laughs> it's incredibly shady, but, but it's talking, these concealments of truth abound all around us yeah, and, and they happen on a regular basis. I mean, that's why Congress will get together and they'll create these laws that are hundreds and hundreds of pages long. Yeah. And who cares if they put it on the federal register? Are you, do you have, do you have two days to go through 800 pages of Nobody legislation? Does. Nobody does. Nobody does. Nobody will. And they know <laughs> no. that, yeah. which is why they create the monstrosities of legislation that they create because they know that ultimately they forfeit for us as regular citizens, an opportunity to truly hold them accountable. Yeah. And so those are thing. absolutely. And yeah. that's a concealment of truth. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is I think as we get closer to, 
to the election, the question is, how can we really return back to what was intended by the founders? And I know people are going to get off on, they own slaves and blah, blah, blah. I'm so tired of that mess. I really yeah. could care less. Because if we went back in history, you'd find out black people own slaves too. Yeah. Boom. Okay? Yeah. Let's, let's move on well, that's from that. how we got here. It was all over the planet. Yeah. Really? That's what we're going to do? All over the planet. All over the planet. Okay? Yeah. So, that, so we're going to get over that. But, but in talking about the Republican form of government, that those founders set up and put together, it is absolutely critical that all of us understand the gravity of the opportunities that await us in losing what it is that we've come to know. Gosh. And that is no light thing for us to, to even play with ideas of communism and socialism. I mean, that stuff ain't funny. Especially <laughs> if, especially funny. if you are a believer. I'm telling you. And a Christian. I'm telling you. I mean, it, it it shocks me at how fast and loose we are willing to play with the liberty we have to preach, yes. live this gospel. Yes, sir. I mean, we act as though we we talk about you know the whole too big to fail thing as it pertains to bailing out uh, businesses, right? But sometimes I think we have this this idea that what we have in America is too big to fail, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That one day Definitely. you will not you will well we'll never become the day where we'd have to preach the state's religion i mean this is america (laughs) well it's not gonna stay that way liberty has to be chaperoned it has to be protected it has to be maintained Mm -hmm. and i you know and so the things that you're saying are are the things that i think are so important for us like you said as we get close to the election we're gonna we're gonna talk about these things more and more and more because people have got to see that it's not about right and left It's it's not about Democrat or Republican. Yes, it's not about whether you like or hate Donald Trump. It's not about whether you like or hate anybody. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, unplug from personalities for a moment and think about principle. Yes, sir. Right? And it's about what moves a civilization forward mm-hmm. in civility. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And and not and what degrades it or or destroys it. And uh when you look at the ideas on the left that are constantly gaining traction in society and are constantly moving. When you look at what's going on and when you look at also the preemptive surrender of, of institutions of so to many. all kinds of stuff you. and preemptive surrender, even of the church to sit around and be, be uh, like, like we're under a gag order and we can't speak up and speak clearly about certain things. I'm telling you, I'm telling you when we look at those things, it is very important that we understand with all sobriety, the hour in which we are in, because I'm telling you, if, Donald Trump wins the election in 2020 and he has another four years or whether he doesn't or whatever, mm-hmm. he ain't going to be in there. Nor a type like him is not guaranteed to be in there again. Right. 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 And so if someone gets in there that actually becomes very hostile toward church, toward the biblical definition of marriage, toward what life is, toward what righteousness is, and it's as is biblically prescribed, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the church will, oh, oh, what's going on? We've got to no. know. No, you need to do it now. Mm-hmm. You don't build and make your house stormproof in the storm. And <laughs> and that's what people don't understand either, baby, is that if we want to drain the swamp, you do that by mm. voting in such a way as to move them past what they even believe their principles are. Exactly. No, I'm going I'm going to chaperone you to the right. Yeah. Cuz cuz I can see that really for you the most important thing is my vote. 
Yeah. That's what that's what gets no, you up no every day. That's what gets you excited every day because you're going to you're going to maintain that voting base. Yeah. And so now as the voting base, we're going to take back the leverage. We're going to take back the power. Yes. And we're going to tell you, we want you to slide that way. There you go. Exactly. Keep Keep going. And we'll let you know when you can stop. And I'm going to let you know by my vote. Yeah. And, you know, and Milton Friedman, that brings up something Milton Friedman used to say, you know, he believed you don't have to throw the bums out. You, you have to make it politically advantageous for, for the bums to do, do the, the right, right thing. thing. That's exactly And right. that's on us as an electorate. That's, exactly that's on right. us as citizens. And that's on us as hosts of Culture and Convictions to make sure that we don't have blood on our hands. We're going to tell you. <laughs> We're going to tell you the truth, whether you like it or not, whether you love us for it or not. We're going to give it to you straight and uh we thank you guys look we've come to an end of this particular podcast my wife has something she wants to close with to share with you so we just want to end with a scripture um i'm going to get this is from proverbs 13 it says much food is in the fallow ground of the poor and for lack of justice there is waste yes. so there's plenty of of precious resources out there in people and in systems and, and in things that are available to us but it's a lack of justice and certainly it's a lack of leadership in a lot of areas that we uh that we don't see those things come to fruition amen sister <laughs> Just put a period amen absolutely well we'll see you guys next time on culture convictions until next time like share this podcast with your family your friends chime in on the conversation let us know what you think about it we'll see you next time <laughs> <laughs>